and welcome back to the Y Hockey Storm Surge podcast because, you know, we're Hurricanes fans now. At this rate, we might as well be because uh, we either have to have faith in them for drafting players because we now have a lot of their European players or, uh, you know, they have a lot of our players. So, we're, you know, Trocek, a lot of our heart. Did you notice that Vincent Trocek was wearing 16? Yes, I did. I mean, it was his final. I think I tweeted out that it was his final act of bromance with Barkov, you know? And, and you know how much I love bromances. Yes, yeah. I it's a great number number choice. I mean, there's not that many numbers available on Carolina. They have a pretty stacked team uh, of good number pickers. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Uh, they, they, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them in a second. Um, I first want to give credit to somebody we haven't given credit to on the show. We always talk about the coverage of the Panthers, I think, in a pretty negative light. I want to say David D. Work of a WPLG in Miami, a Miami TV station, not West Palm doing a really good job of covering the team recently. So I wanted to give him a shout out. We might have him on the show soon. Uh, I wanted to say, anytime you see good coverage of this sport, I want to shout out particularly the Panthers. And he's on the road right now with the team. So uh, good on you, David. Uh, hopefully you'll be on the show and you get the Y Hockey seal of approval, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a leaky seal. That's a leaky seal. Did you notice um, when Johnny Gaudreau went to leave the ice to go to the bathroom, I tried to make a Speaking joke. Speaking of leaky seals. Ah, I know. You know. I tried to make a joke about, hey, what a leak that was, but it didn't quite work out the way I was hoping yeah. for. Yeah, Johnny Gaudreau needs to take a leak. Number one. It's, all, it's all very funny. Not, not much funny about the day, but that, that was funny. For Florida fans, at least, I think. Uh, no. Uh, you texted me at about, I don't even know when it was, but I was sleeping. I hurt my shoulder yesterday, so I had to sleep through it. Um, so you texted me this morning, and you're going to be surprised. And when I woke up, was mildly surprised. And then I had to digest it. And it's been about five hours of digesting things. And there's so many angles to this Trocheck deal that we need to talk about. Um, I don't even know where you, you want to begin with something, because... I normally am more assured with this, and I've been trying to parse it out the entire day, and there's like five different angles we can take. But I, I will defer to you as the, well, the, the grandfather of this podcast in many ways, the wise old sage that turns out to be right more often than not. Where would you like to start with this? We, we can just start with the, with the Panthers. I mean, I, there wasn't that much that went on. Uh, you know, there was the Parisi almost deal. Uh, and uh, the Kreider re-signing, uh, Carolina picking up some D. But, you know, the, the real th- the real best player that probably got moved is Trocek. I mean, that I, actually got moved I would think on a four. That, that, that the answer is probably yes. I, I, I mean, there might – I mean, we're, we're recording – Not that we're, we're big Trocek fans at the moment or anything. No, but, I mean, there's a lot of other minor deals that happened, and we'll talk about a couple of them uh, along the But way. as far as for our fan base, I mean, the Flyers got bodies and sent Farabee down and – They got – well, he, that's probably a paper transaction for the um, for the Calder Cup playoffs. Here's hoping. But... Here's hoping, or at least a, a little bit to see where Grant and, and – uh, Thompson, that's who else they got fit yeah, in the lineup. Good solid depth, but you know that's playing good hockey right now. That's what they had. They didn't do anything. They didn't have to do. Um, it, it was a fine, fine day for Florida. Not Florida, Philadelphia. You no real. Com- up. 
no real complaints. Florida on the mind. That's why I want to get him off uh, off so the list I want first. To start I guess. with this, and I will start with this piece of the trade that it, it occurred to me when I saw it this morning because I was listening to Steve Dangle last night, and as you imagine, Toronto is having a nuclear meltdown. And then I say, "Have you looked at the team behind you yet?" who has made the playoffs five times in 25 years in the last time they won a playoff series when the Prime Minister of Canada was named Jean Chretien. You don't know who that is, and neither do I, but I did learn who he was yesterday. So they made a point about if the Leafs don't really do anything this year, and they're not going to, the big move this offseason for Toronto is trading one of the core four, I guess you could say, uh, Nylander, Matthews, Marner, and Tavares. We know who three are not going to be traded, so... One of them probably is, you would assume. And, and talking about how if you come back with the same makeup and it doesn't work, you need a shakeup. And so once the Panthers traded Trocheck, and I saw that come across this morning when I woke up about two hours after the trade happened, that was the first thought that came into my head was it has gone so badly that really the only thing that they could do at this point, because it's the trade deadline, there's always a lot you can't do at this time of year that you will possibly be able to do in the summer is they needed to shake up the room and maybe that's the last final single bullet they have in the chamber it's probably not a strong bullet but it is a bullet they had and they they did it so that was the first overarching thought I had in my head when I saw this trade we'll get to the return in a bit but that was the first thought I had did you did you think about that in any way or is is that something that you're just thinking about now for the first time I think that's probably a good place to start. I mean, let's start with the the positives and the, and the good things. So people who just want to hear that and walk away at the end of that. So they're, yeah, it's a move that needs to happen in the locker room because Matheson isn't playing up to any standard to get traded right now. Uh, he was last being used as a forward the last time he had any bit of success. Uh, it, it's gonna be it was gonna be hard to move him mid season. He's definitely more of a at the draft or you know, in July, June, July type of trade. Uh, and other than that, there is no real candidate. Um, it's surprising they didn't move Hoffman, but that really wasn't going to shake up the room if they moved Hoffman or even a Dadanoff because they're UFAs and on some level that's expected. Uh, you know, Yanda wasn't going to go anywhere. Obviously, Ekblad's not going anywhere. You know, who else was going to go to shake up the room? And if we were being honest, that was the one move that you could probably get ownership on board with uh, at the moment. It, it seems to be hard to get either the f- talent or ownership on board with making real forward prog- progressive moves in the season. And the only way they can get it done is if it is corresponding with a salary dump or money coming off the books or some sort of financial flexibility in the future or some sort of spin for it It helps us in the future um, by going a little younger or getting prospects. Uh, The problem with that is they usually are of lesser quality than the player you're trading and the prospects that Florida likes to get back are like in their mid-20s, AHL level, in-betweeners. Uh, who have some NHL qualities, but also other NHL qualities, like guys like Corey Promen, uh, Scott Wheeler, uh, other people always talk about, like, this gives me a flag of if they'll actually be an NHLer or just a good AHLer. Like, if they'll be able to play every day uh, and stick on a roster. 
you know, because there's TJ Brennans who have amazing puck skills and can run a power play and all this stuff. But, you know, is that what some of these guys are going to be? Who knows? So I'll, I'll start with the important aspect of this trade, which was the first one that I thought of, which was this was the shake up the room deal. They had no other yep. way to shake up the room. And if that is the last card that you can play this season, then that is a card you have to play. And I, I find that with Trocek, we've talked about him ad nauseum on this show. I think we can't really talk about his play anymore. He is a very good player Correct. who will probably play better on a better team than Florida. I think you agree with this. Correct. So, but because he's so integral to the room, he's been around forever, and he's a part of the core. He was untouchable for a while, and now you saw the mentions of him getting moved you had to start thinking, boy, something's going to come down the pike with this. this. This isn't being mentioned for nothing. And it wasn't mentioned for nothing. And he, he got moved. And I want to say good luck to him in Carolina. He's going to play really well. I don't know whether he ends up as a 2C. I think he'll probably start there. I don't know whether he is at the end is better than Natchez. But he is going to play really well there. No, I don't think he is. And this is, and this is the point. So if you view it as the Panthers are training a second-line center, their return doesn't look very good. But if you say, oh, they're retraining a third center on a good team, then maybe the return makes a little bit more sense. So that is just another prism with which you could view this trade. And you do not have to view it this way if you do not want to. That is wholly up to your perception. So that, that's the Trocek element of this. He'll be treated really well in Carolina. He's wearing Barkov's number. The Panthers and Hurricanes will not play again until next year. So, again, this is the part of the trade that I think it does shake up the room. It does offer that one last little jolt saying, okay, if Trocek can be traded, what else is going to happen? And it shows you that the stakes are high, and they are high. And I don't know if it shows you the stakes are high. I just, I, th I think it's just that uh, they're willing to do something, but I, it doesn't mean that they're willing to do the right things or, or all the things. I think they're they, it's willing to do something, and this was the, this was the something, I the, the clear clear obvious something yeah and and i think well it, again if you're trading a member of a, a, a player you thought was a core member of your hockey team i think that does show that the stakes are pretty high now what that means for the future let's get to what they got in return because as i said if you think this is a trade for a second line center then this trade is really underwhelming in terms of return if you think it's a third line center then it's not nearly as bad and again trochek's playing carolina will determine that Let's, let's go player by player. We'll first start with Eric Halla, who was one of the golden misfits in uh, Vegas, was a fine player. He, it looked like this was going to be a really good move for the Hurricanes at the start of the year, and then he just started to not play. He's dropped off a little bit. He's 28. He's a UFA. I mean, I guess he's your second-line center now, which is not good. Um, again, I think his play determines whether he comes back. I'm not entirely enthused by him. Uh, what do you, what do you think? Uh, exactly. It, it's, is he good enough to be at second line center? That's something they have the rest of the regular season to find out because I don't see Walmart, uh, or Salarella where he's healthy fitting in that two C spot. Uh, are they going to call up Borgstrom and play him there? I, you know, who knows if he'd be, if, he'd be better than Eric Kala. I think he probably would not be. So who are you going to play him with 
who can you get? Are you going to move Huberto down? Are you going to move Dadunov down? Uh, are you going to leave Connolly there? Uh, you know, Connolly has six points uh, in the new year. That's not great. You got you're going to have to do something, and that's a big reason why Trocheck was traded, because um, at some point he did have the wingers uh, and he did have people who were scoring uh, and he just couldn't keep that going. Uh, and I, it's a shame that they couldn't get anything better. But for me, the real question with Hala is what are their plans with him? Can they get him to resign at around $3 million? Does that is that something that they can afford? Yeah, I mean, because he's 275 now, but he's 28, 29 in a UFA. It's going to be his one time to cash in. If he has anywhere, you want him to be good, but if he's good, the Panthers aren't re-signing him. If he's bad, do you want the Panthers to re-sign him? And that's the kind of the the questionable issue, the questionable nature of getting Hollow back in the return, but they needed to do that for cap. I mean, that was kind of obvious. That was to make the money work with. Yeah. With, with, yeah. Cause Carolina wasn't just done. They were actually trading for defensemen, which we can get to later when we talk about Florida, not trading for defensemen. Yes. Um, well, let's move on to Lucas Walmart because I mean, Hall is fine. He's, he's plays with the, the grit and the pushback that Hugh's been saying has been missing. Uh, he's going to be decisive on the ice and not be reactive. He's going to just play natural, play organic, but he's going to always be on the puck. He's always going to be pushing on the forecheck. He's going to, I, I think he's not a defensive forward by any means, but his offensive instincts lead to better puck possession and better puck management than, uh, Trocheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be enough to make up for Trocheck, who I think is still probably a better finisher than Eric Halla, but you know maybe Hall finds chemistry. Who who knows? Mm-hmm. But Walmark, I think, is the guy who's replacing Trocheck. I think that's really? what the trade boils down to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I uh, because... don't see that at all. But I want to hear your opinion first before I uh, give you mine. I don't know why you wouldn't see that. Lucas Walmark is 24. He's We're saying that Trojek's a third-line center. Lucas Walmark is a third-line center. Uh, he's the guy that's going to be cost-controlled for the next couple of years, that the Panthers are going to need a cost-controlled third-line center. Uh, Sorella is maybe a little higher skilled and maybe more of a winger than Walmark. Walmart is definitely a center, and, and Florida needs that. Mm-hmm. I think Borgstrom is either going to be a two-center or is going to be traded off of this team. I don't see any other center really in Florida's system uh, that's going to outseat him in the next two to three years. I really like Lucas Walmart. I liked him since, you know, six years ago when he was in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. He has good vision. He can skate well enough. Um, but he's one thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt. The one thing I hear from all the Carolina people, Corey Schneider, particularly, he drives play. And right, that, and, and that's a real key for me is that the Panthers in their bottom six haven't had a lot of play drivers, and Walmart driving play, I think, is something this bottom six has lacked, and I think he's going to be pretty good at that. I think that the, the best player and the, the most intriguing player in this deal for me was Walmart, and it's one that I think. Again, they didn't have that kind of player in their bottom six. They have him now, and he is a player that is going to probably be a factor in years to come. 
which Hall is not, and the prospects may not be. Walmart's the only sure Panther next year is basically what my thought was. I think he's the only sure Panther in this deal, most likely. I mean, that's that's the odds of it. And Walmart is a different type of play driver than Trocek because he it does it through puck distribution and good defense, where Trocek does it through, Hero you ball. know, exactly. And he does it through the hero ball. He does it through ragging the puck. Uh, and when if you're going to move Trocek into that 2C, 3C spot, which we were saying in the offseason it was time to trade Trocek before he fell on his face again, and it was going to be a, this type of return. Uh, but again, no one listens. <laughs> it's ridiculous because they would have gotten such a big haul for Trocek, I think, in the summer. Had they moved him, they would have been able to get a 2C or, you know, a, com- a different type of comparable 2C to Trocek. Or a defenseman. You know? Yeah, or a defenseman, which, you know, would have been fantastic. Um, but Walmark is worthwhile. He was wor- worth wa- worthy of getting. Was he the best trade ship that we could have gotten back for Trocek? I don't think so. I think there is probably a better player that we probably could have gotten. Uh, but apparently Florida wanted to spread out the overall skill level that they were getting back on different players. I don't know if it's necessarily there. And we can talk about, uh, you know, well, Prisky probably first. Let's get to the prospects. Um, Chase Prisky posted a nice photo of him in Panthers gear, which. Oh, God, which is great. At the, at the... but, but here's my opinion on this. He could have been born on Jupiter's moon Io. Io is the most volcanically active place in the solar system. If you didn't know, it's a small moon of Jupiter. It gets stretched and squeezed by tidal forces of Jupiter's immense gravity, making it a very volcanic place. He could have been born there. I wouldn't give two craps. Can he play hockey at the NHL level? You know what he might be? He might be a slightly better Brady keeper. Exactly. And he's the same age as... And he's the same age. So he is not going to change the paradigm of this team at this level and i don't care about the thunderbirds at this point maybe they make the playoffs and you want to see them be a better developmental outfit than they've been but the panthers need defensemen at the nhl level and they still don't have that and it is now still the number one concern for this team and maybe prisky gets there but as you mentioned to me before we started recording the panthers wanted to sign him they didn't sign him he went to carolina and now they get him in this trade uh, the only other defenseman from Carolina's system you would have wanted was Jake Bean, and I wonder whether the Panthers might not have gotten as much as they got if they wanted to get Jake Bean, for instance. Um, but even then, the Carolina system is not filled with prospect D as much as it is like current D, and today's deals bear that out in many ways. But I, Prisky is a, is a non-factor in this deal for me. He really isn't, and there's just not much about him that screams, okay, he's going to be better than Josh Brown, better than Riley Stillman, better than Kolya Chanak, better than, you know, Max Gilden, you know. Better than Ethan Prowl, better than Brady Keeper, better than Tomas Shemtich. I mean, these are all guys that are the same age and most of them the same handedness, and what are you doing with all of these guys? Like, they, have, they can't even play in the AHL with the vet and – rules that they need to have and all this stuff like i i don't get it this is another ludwig bystrom this is they do this every year and i don't understand if they actually know what a defenseman is this is another offensive defenseman who could be a second power play quarterback 
you know, maybe and a third pair guy if and he's already halfway through his twenties. Uh, you know, I don't understand it. The, I, I don't I don't get that. And to add to that it aspect of the trade. To add to it and not to, you know, lump two trades in with one, but they sent a six round pick to Dallas for Emil Jews, uh same age, same type of defenseman. I think maybe he's the other hand in this, but again, it's another AHLer. And didn't they just trade for an AHLer a little bit ago? Another AHL defenseman? AHL, not not defenseman, but mostly it was all forwards. Um, Eric Joyce, somebody in the Panthers front office, please get Eric Joyce a Netflix subscription because it feels like he makes these trades when he's bored, and that's not how this should be. So I want to talk about the final prospect in this deal. Yeah, let's let's jump back. Losterinen, another Finn. We love Finns. Right, fins are awesome. So six that's, three. That's, that's a good thing. He's twenty one years old. If I am checking cap friendly, he was a second round pick in twenty seventeen, forty second overall. Um, you probably have some opinions because you scout all this stuff. Uh, what do you think about that particular addition to this team? This is he was taking two picks after Hepponiemi. Uh, in the middle was Jared Anderson Dolan. What do you think about this addition? I mean, it's another Silverella Walmart type. This That's is who you're hoping. What I was going to say he's, he's maybe slightly <laughs> he's three, better Alexi Sorella. He's he's three years younger. I mean, that's yeah. why you'd say he's slightly better. But it's the same, and it's fine. They have a type, but their type are like understated bottom six bubble forwards and in between. Well, I, some years AHL all-star defenders like that's their taste right now I don't get it but I mean I like it when it turns into you know Finland you know middle six central that that's kind of cool quotient in the Florida Panthers is starting to get a lot higher which is quite nice we are now we are now we're improving of that now we just need their Swedish defensive skill content to go up yeah, now here's one of the things that would slightly concern me about the fact that they gave up these players. The Hurricanes don't have a lot of guys signed on eight on NHL deals right now, but a lot of guys they have, they have a huge reserve list of a lot of guys they draft. They had a billion draft picks in recent years, so it's quite possible that, again, these prospects were expendable, and it allows you to make decisions as they made. Um, again... I, I think that what you traded for is a guy who is maybe a second-line center, but probably not, and a guy who you might not re-sign, a good bottom six forward in Lucas Walmark who can play in a lot of places and is a good player on a better team. Uh, you traded for slightly better Brady Keeper and slightly better Alexi Sarla. Is that what you should get for Vincent Trocek? No, it is not what you should get for Vincent Trocek. Now, as I said, my, my opinion on the deal comes in largely because of the, the uh, shake-up-the-room aspect, and this was a deal that they could have made, and it was probably a deal that, looking at Oof. it, they could have made. What? Tip it. Wrist surgery, 10 to 12 weeks. Really? Oof. Yep. Anis Haribliss, sir. You were telling me yesterday that he was scratched, so it, it might be gets up, now worse. I thought he was on a plane to Florida. I, I thought so too, and now wrist surgery, ten to twelve weeks. Oy, oy, oy. Again, Anis Horribles, 
but actually every year for the Panthers, and that is horribleish, which is Latin for horrible year if you didn't know that. But just to continue the point for the Trotrek trade, the perception that you see from Panthers fans, and it was not helped out by a comment from Chris Johnston on radio today. I thought it was initially on the trade deadline coverage. It was not. Uh, about the rumored mandate to cut salary from ownership. Now, the fact that you heard this on trade deadline day leads me to believe that another team leaked it to put pressure on Dale Talon, which is what other teams do, so fine. I do believe there's a kernel of truth into that, but I don't know if it's actually $10 million because if it was actually $10 million, then you know what the Panthers would be having on total spend next year if they went from like 81 to 71? They'd be a bottom five team in spending. Something tells me that's not quite what we're going to see, although, as I said, I do believe there's a kernel of truth in every rumor like that. Uh, the perception, though, that is not going to be shaken is that they traded this to dump salary, which, as we have pointed out, I don't think is entirely what happened here, but the Panthers can't fight that perception. And the only way they can fight that perception is to actually fight that perception, which they did last year. But the biggest issue that I have right now is that it looks like they're yo-yoing from spending to not spending to spending to not spending. And how can you win if you're doing that? You have to be consistent. And there is no consistency with this Panthers organization. And the spending is one of those things. The season ticket prices are going up next year. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're hosting the All-Star game. But that should be bringing in the revenue enough to cover a little bit of the difference in salary, right? You're spending $6 million bucks on a head coach, the best head coach in the modern era of the National Hockey League. If you're not going to spend on the roster, then what are you doing? Then, then hire the next hot junior coach. It, it, and, and that was, and that's why I say, like, I don't think the rumor is entirely true. Although, again, the mandate to cut salary wouldn't surprise me because, obviously, this year is not looking great. And even if they make the playoffs, they're going to get two home games and then they're going to lose. So, I mean, maybe the revenue helps a little bit. But for me, like, if they cut salary next year, it's time to start asking the questions of what is, what is the goal of – Vinny Viola and Doug Sifu in this organization. What is their plan? Because if you're going to yo-yo the spending, then there's no consistent plan to win. There's no consistent plan to do what needs to be done in order to invest the resources to win. And if you're not going to invest the resources, then you got to sell the team. And I, we don't want to start talking about that right now because, again, we don't know what next year's team is going to look like. But, I mean, there, there is a kernel of truth in every rumor. So, again... What You spent all this money this year. The best that you were probably going to get was a first-round playoff appearance. That's what you have this year, right? And that's probably what they could still get because the Leafs are a tire fire that is only slightly less big than the Panthers' tire fire. But it just it, it is not a good look for this organization to see that leaked on this day. And, it again, it asks the other question that we've been asking. What is the Panthers' plan going forward? And you posted a, a, a question on Why Hockey's uh, Twitter account today, Tommy, about what do you what did the fan base want? And it's not a scientific poll, but most people wanted the Panthers to keep going for it. They didn't want another five-year rebuild, and that's correct. Why would you want a five-year rebuild when you've made the playoffs five times and going to be twenty-six seasons probably? So, well, it, it wasn't even just that. It was, do you want them to be worried about the future? You know. Do you want them to go for it this year and and 
buy in for this year or do you want them to be more concerned with the future outlook uh you know five years down the line and what the panthers ended up doing was being more concerned with the outlook down the line and the issue with the rumor that chris johnson put out on you know sportsnet radio 590 or whatever in winnipeg or some cold city toronto whatever yeah some cold ass city um the issue is there probably was a directive to cut money i mean the team's not doing well and they have to clear money off the books so that they can make changes because they need to make changes uh and if they're not going to make changes you're always going to cut the salary anyway so there's a reason they didn't really add any money because walmart's going to probably get a little a little you know bump but his cap hit's not going to be anything noticeable and he's going to be an rfa and it's going to be under control for a couple years uh you know hall is probably going to walk and that's not any money added you know prisky isn't going to be on the team or if he is he's going to have a low cap hit and the other guy's going to be on the team maybe in a year or two and he's not going to have a big cap hit then either so uh you know it's you definitely know a money out a little bit and again i'm sorry to interrupt it kind of reminds me of a slightly bigger version of the bukestad trade just with prospects instead of picks like they had to give up something yep. they liked to cut money for the future whatever that is turned but out that... That the future was signing free agents and again not all these signings were bad but they didn't really fix the core issue of the team and they still have to do that. And I give credit to our friend Jacob from point to point. They still need a second line center. They still need a top four defenseman. They don't have those things. It's quite possible they weren't going to get them today. But those are the two most important questions in the summer. They will have money to spend next year. Their actual salary spend is going to be underneath their cap hit next season. And if they trade Mike Matheson, and they are, and you can get rid of Sevier and you can move around some money, um, you can definitely make things happen next year. But there are multiple questions. First of all, what are you targeting to get those players to fill those roles? And then the second question is, who's going to do that? Is it going to be Dale Talon? Because we've talked about it. Two playoff appearances in 10 years and no playoff series wins. I wrote it at the Rat Trek a little while ago. Uh, in most markets, that's a fireable offense. I understand what's happened in Florida is kind of unique. But this is not acceptable. And Dale Talon should be feeling the pressure. And you could argue a Trocheck trade is him feeling some sort of pressure. And also, I mean, Dale Talon's probably not making uh, an insignificant amount of money. You can hire a GM and pay him less. You know, maybe that's Pronger. God forbid it's Joyce. Hopefully it's not. Or maybe it's somebody like Bill Zito or Ron Hextall, who perhaps the Flyers are still paying. You know, anybody else like that. But those are questions. Like, what we said with the Bukestad and McCann trade, last year the Panthers were clearly out of it. This year they're not. It's a kick something down the road trade. Well, well what are you going to do to replace the actual, you know, the key, the key that was Trocheck in the room, but also the roles on the ice? Maybe Hall is that, but I doubt it. They still need a defenseman. They've needed a defenseman for years, and they still don't have that. I mean, maybe this year because of the way the playoffs are set up that it still might get you in. But, I mean, you're going to get swept by the lightning, so why would it matter? I mean, for the Panthers, making it to the playoffs is is a big enough deal but again those two holes need to be filled 
Do you have the money? Do you have the resources? Do you have the plan to fill those holes in the offseason? Because you know what? Tampa and Boston aren't going anywhere. Washington and Pittsburgh aren't going anywhere. You got other teams that are going to get better. You know, what is your plan? And with the Trocheck trade, I see what it does in the short term. I don't know what you're trying to do in the long term other than saying we get flexibility. But Panthers fans don't want flexibility anymore. They want results. And they deserve results. That's what that's what our poll show, showed. I mean, I mean, you can look at Twitter, you can look at Facebook, and it's and it's there. Talon Talon said that he had calls on Borgstrom, but they didn't feel comfortable moving him, and you know that's in relation to defenders, uh, and and that's the issue. I mean, at some point you got you can't keep collecting all of these AHL mid twenty year old players. Like at some point, you know, you trade for Sorrell, that's great. But you can't just keep doing this and because you're just only so many can play. They're all the same age. They're all the same talent level. They're, they're all fighting for the same spots. I, I 100% agree with you. And, I mean, a lot of these AHL trades that Eric Joyce has pulled off, a lot of these guys aren't going to be around next year. And also some of it could be, even though Tippett's going to miss the rest of the season with an injury, um, he's going to be in Florida next year. High probability Denisenko's in Florida next year, you know, I guess Borgstrom's in Florida. We'll see about him. So, I mean, if they're putting young players into the lineup next year, the odds are that their salary cap and their actual spend on money is going to be less just by virtue of what they're doing. But a second center, a good second line center costs money. And the defensemen they want cost money. So, but they also, the Panthers have a bad habit of putting bad money after good. You know, I mean, we That's why they need... Sorry to interrupt. We talked about, sorry, like, did you need to spend that money on Anton Strawman? No, you you didn't. You know, that that's the that's the 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 story now for this team. I mean, the big questions next year is Uyghur's going to need a raise. Other than that, whatever Dadnoff's contract is, it's probably looks similar to the contract he just signed. Um, a lot of guys are RFAs, but they're not going to get big raises, so. You're, you're almost washing your salary spend. So what are you going to do? Who are you going to add? What is your plan to add those players? That's what's so critical to me. And I don't know if I trust the Panthers to be able to do that at this point, whoever is running the team. It, it can't be town. He's gone. He has to be gone. He, he's, he said on Angel Network today, it's tough to make deals. Again, like, oh, my God, I can't hear it one more time out of his mouth. Like, I, I want it. like, I – I can't I see that it, man. This is a no excuses organization. Then why are you making excuses for not making deals? I Other mean, you seem to be able to do it. Yeah, I got nothing to say. They, uh, uh, that's that's positive at this point. I mean, they're they're trading for guys who are 25, 26 and don't have NHL experience, and they have 80 on the roster. Maybe one of them is good enough to stay here next year. They got to move. Like we are two, two. With, Two out of the eight on their roster. Where yeah. you just traded out Trocheck, brought in two to two forwards. So Sorrell is the third. Uh, Tippett's out for a while, but Borgstrom's probably going to have to come up. Um, they for a bit, and once he's up, he probably needs to stay. Uh, I don't understand why they didn't move out Hoffman. Uh, they needed defensemen. Why couldn't they move out Hoffman for picks to get a defenseman in the off season? to maybe draft that defenseman. If you have two first, maybe you can move up and get 
uh, one of the defensemen at the top of this draft who maybe can step in or step in in a year uh, and be a defenseman who makes a difference in the short term. Uh, because these defensemen are hard to find. You have to be active in a lot of different ways to find them. And Dale Talon is anything but active at this point, especially when it comes to fixing the defensive issue. It's 60-some games in. It, the system isn't just going to magically make these defenders great. And these defenders that weren't good enough to play over Josh Brown on defense and how to play forward aren't going to suddenly just figure it all out and make it work to the point that they can climb back into this race because at some point Toronto is going to figure it out enough to pull away if Florida continues at this pace. It could be by the end of the week. So uh, it's, it's a big ask for this defenseman to stay and and keep, and, and for these defensemen to stay for these defensemen to do anything, but continue at the same pace they've continued at. I mean, is, is Jandel somehow going to change his stripes? You know, like it doesn't make sense. Uyghur can only add so much, uh, bring so much to the table. Strawman is a very expensive third pair defenseman. And we have him for a while. Um, you know, I, I don't understand. Yes. The forward group is more versatile. And I think Hugh has a better chance making a lineup. And when Brian Boyle comes back, he's probably getting waived or something because, you know, that, that's over. But he, you know, I think he, Q is really going to like Walmart and Halla, and that, that'll be good for him. Uh, and we can make better forward lines at, at, in some respects. But I don't think that's going to push us over the top and make suddenly make the team a better on-ice product in the defensive zone and on ice in general at five on five. This, this uh, team, you, you see it. Like they are a bad team in this regard because everything translates to if you're gonna if you can't get the puck in your own zone, which happens all the time when they play a somewhat decent possession team. Vegas was a great example of that, even though they won the expected goals battle. Felt like they were spending five minutes in their own zone. You can't exert what you need to exert offensively when you're doing that. You, you don't have to be a dominant possession team, but you have to be a better possession team than you are, and you're not. That is all down to the defensive assignments. That's all down to D-zone coverage. These things matter. And I saw Dom Lucision, who I like a lot, you know, mentioned one of my favorite stats, which is on ice save percentage. You know, Vincent Trocek is partially responsible for the defensive busts that lead to open chances. These things happen. They all tie into one another. And to me... Until you get a top four defenseman to pair there in Ekblad that sends everybody else down, this team is going to be stuck where it is. They have enough talent to get to this point. They don't have enough talent to get over the top. Even though they traded a very good and important player, which maybe shocks the room a little bit, they're still in the same place. They're in the same place that the Leafs are. They are the same team, basically. They've got high-end skill offensively. they got versatility in their forwards but their defense core is too reliant on a certain kind of player that doesn't work if you don't have another kind of defender around them to help balance things out. And once you have that problem, everything spirals in on itself. Your goaltender doesn't trust the defense in front of him. He doesn't trust what he sees in front of him. The forwards then can't do what they need to do because they're so worried about the defensive issues that they have, and then they spend their time chasing the puck. 
the thing that is different between the Leafs is it's clear that at some time they don't give a you-know-what. And the Panthers, they try, but they look lost. They look like a puppy trying to find its owner and knowing it's not going to find it. Like, that's kind of what the Panthers look like, which is the big difference from the Leafs. And again, until they fix that problem, I, I don't know what else to say. Maybe they make the playoffs because they have a chance still because the Leafs are terrible and lost to a Zamboni driver who works for them. But that's the only thing keeping Florida in this race right now because the Islanders, even if they didn't get Parise, made moves to get themselves better. You know, Columbus made a move that wasn't great, but they, at least, they can say our entire team was injured for half the season. I'll buy that. Carolina didn't stick around and say, oh, we lost both of our goalies, let's cry. You know, they traded for Sammy Votten, and they traded for Vincent Trocek, they traded for Beatty Shea. They made bold decisions to get to where, presumably, they're probably going to be a first-round playoff exit, but they made bold decisions. The Panthers made what looks like a bold decision, but they haven't backed it up with doing what they need to do elsewhere. And until they do that, you're going to see Dale Talon saying it wasn't as active as I would have liked. I mean, what else am I supposed to say at this point? If it's not as active as you like, Dale, then maybe it's not active because people aren't calling you, or maybe the assets you think you have aren't worth as much as you think they are. And if that's the case, you built a bad team. You built a team that's made the playoffs two times in 10 years. Small interruption, but you still built a, a playoff team that made it once every five years. You know when the, playoff, the Panthers' playoff history is? Once every five years. You've done no better than the batting average in Florida, which is the Mendoza line. Come on. The Avalanche traded a better defenseman than the Panthers got today for Michael Hutchinson was the return. Callie Rosen. Yep. I mean, that's that's probably the reality of the situation. That um, Eric Gustafson went to Calgary for a third. Dylan went I mean, to Washington he's, he's for a fourth. Really, Gustafson's terrible. So let's. I mean, it's that. something. It's I, something. It's it's. There's a chance that Gustafson is better. Than than what Calgary has. There's a chance. There's Brendan Dillon for a fourth. You know they 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 traded a six for for what Dale Town described as a call up. Okay, so I mean, what's the difference between a six and a fourth really when you can actually get a guy like Brendan Dillon who who isn't isn't you know the bee's knees or anything, but he's a NHL defenseman, and they clearly need a different NHL defenseman in their lineup just to try something. If Talon basically saying, I don't believe in this team to be good this year, he's saying he's saying what I said last week. They're going to get in the playoffs based on luck or not, and so he's just helping set up the lineup for next year, and they don't have a defensive answer yet, so they're not doing anything at defense. That's exactly – that's the best possible spin – on the situation that I can think of. And the only possible way out of this is if they bring in an outside general manager like Zito, like Hextall, like somebody like that who will actually put together a plan, will bring in a new defensive core, will somehow figure a way to move on from Yandel, will somehow figure a way to move on from Matheson, will somehow figure a way to move on from Strollman. And, you know, make Bobrovsky work. Maybe that means getting Talis out of here. Maybe a new general manager like Hextall will have the cojones to go up to uh, Viola and say, we need to get this guy out of here. We need to get some, some fresh opinions in this franchise. We need to get some new blood. We need to change it because all we do 
is rely on the incoming 26-year-old AHL deaf, deaf guys to somehow lift the spirits and the tide of the team and the franchise in a must-win playoff year. It's it's unfathomable They're, that the Panthers are so bad at most everything, but they still still are, are left with something you know, worthwhile. I mean, they still can turn this around. They just need to get around to getting defensemen. Yeah. And how, how long are people going to wait? I'm, you know, if I'm, I'm months away from just, you know, if the avalanche or the flyers or somebody that I find really interesting, have a great playoff run and do well, you know, I might have a, better rooting interest a better thing to do a better way to spend my time money and attention and support next year if you know that's what florida's doing they're letting fans twist in the wind the heat are going to pick up some you know somebody somewhere is going to get these consumers dollars and time because florida isn't doing enough to earn it they're they're you know they can't always get frank Vertrano for a third uh, and no one's asking, but they they keep trying to do that. They keep trying to get these. I mean, they don't even try to do that. Like, I mean, this that would would have even been a push if they tried to get a Frank Vitrano level defenseman for a third this this draft, or even a Frank Vitrano level forward. I mean, Walmart's kind of that, but you you didn't give up a third for him. You gave up Trocheck. Um, you know that's. There's no defense for what what's happened today, and you'll see a lot of people online saying, "Oh, well, you know, they did need to improve their forwards. They need to get get someone who can play better team defense as a forward. They needed centers, all this stuff." But that was a problem of their own creation. That that was for last year, tr- dumping a bunch of centers for for centers that were going to walk at the end of the year, get traded, and Sheen and Broussard. Uh, just for cap space to dump all into goaltending and, and Connolly and Strawman and and all of that. It's so. I mean, the best center they signed this year has not really played at center at all. So I mean, like the is that, that an issue? Oh yeah, oh, of course it is. It's hundred percent an issue. It's hundred percent an issue when Mark Pesic is playing as as a forward all this time because he can't play on the blue line because he's so much of a liability. I mean. It's it's funny, it's amusing when you look at it, but it's an indictment of the team. And I, as I as I said, it 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 really looks like they have no plan. They it, and it, what is like Carolina today made big big trades. They traded for Brady Shea, they traded for Sammy Votnin, and they didn't give up a lot for Votnin. And I have no idea why Florida couldn't have done that because Sammy Votnin would have made this defense score better if you traded Votnin for Pesic and a pick and a lower level prospect, you would have gotten this deal done. And they didn't. That, that to me is just ridiculous. I don't know why you couldn't have done that. But they made moves that had purpose. You can see what they're trying to do. And they, you could argue they overreacted to losing Pesci and Hamilton, but those are their two best defensemen. And they know they got to capitalize on an opportunity that they have. And they, they've done that. They are a better team than they were yesterday, the Carolina Hurricanes, even though they have no goalies right now because they're both hurt. They take advantage of opportunities. They are opportunistic. The Tampa Bay Lightning saw an opportunity to trade for Barkley Goodrow after getting, you know, Blake Coleman. These are not 
great players. They gave up first-round picks for them. I wouldn't have necessarily done that, but they opportunistic, and they know we have a chance to win the Cup this year. The Pittsburgh Penguins, I mean, trading for Patrick Barlow is kind of silly, but can you argue that they aren't better than they were when they started? The Capitals are better than when they started, you know? I, I mean, all these teams are better than when they started. Even in the West, you could see the Oilers. I mean, I'm not fans of all of their moves in, in that regard, but they're better than when they started. Vegas made a move considering they had an opportunity. They took advantage of it. Now, they're a better team and they're in a more wide-open conference, but they know that they have an organizational structure that allows them to take these risks. The Florida Panthers don't have that. And then what happens is, when it goes wrong, the first thing you hear is, oh, they might have to cut salary. What's your plan then? What is the long-term vision for this organization? Even the Ottawa Senators, they have a million draft picks. You know what their vision is. You know what their plan is. The Panthers don't have a plan for a longer-term answer to what ails this franchise. Maybe this trade shakes up the Panthers and it gets them out of their funk. I doubt it at this point, but we could give them that. They make the playoffs, that's fine, but it's not going to change the fact that this team should be competing for a Stanley Cup with Prime, Barkoff, and Uberto, the two best players the franchise has ever seen, and they're nowhere close. They're not anywhere near close. The Rangers have passed them. The, the Islanders, whatever you want to say about Lula Ramble, have passed them. The Flyers have passed them. The Hurricanes have passed them. The Blue Jackets next year are going to be healthy. And the Leafs will suddenly get their heads out of their rear ends at some point because you have enough talent to do that. So what are the Panthers then? You have to be bold. You have to have a plan. And everything the Panthers have done in recent years is a reaction to a reaction to a reaction. And Dale Talon didn't sign Keith Yandel. Yes. But Dale Talon's made other signings around that. He could have addressed the problems. And he hasn't addressed the problems. And I think what Vinny Viola and Doug Seifu have to ask is what are we doing to make this team win? Are we doing enough to get this team to where it needs to be? Are we giving our best players a chance to succeed? And right now, the answer is no, they're not. You spent money. That was good. You had fans that were going to jump ship. And even though we both thought, Tommy, you and I, that they were going to make the playoffs, we didn't think they were going to be very good in the playoffs. But we said the playoffs have to be there, and they still have a chance. But when you look at long-term, logical progression, step-by-step -step progression, Unless the Panthers do something really crazy in the summer, and I don't see them doing that, do you think this team's going to be any different next year? Because I don't. No, they're in the same spot as they were before the trade deadline. Last podcast when I said that they're in arrested development until they get somebody in here who's going to take charge and change the defense. And if it's Dale Talon showed today, this was his last kick at the can. For me, at least. I mean, if they keep him on past this year, if he's at the draft, running the draft table, making decisions, or if it's Eric Joyce, then it's over. Find a new team. Hope they trade Barkov and Huberto uh, as quickly as possible so they don't waste their whole prime like they've wasted Poemeister's prime, like they wasted Weiss's prime, like they wasted a lot of worse hockey players' primes. Uh, get Just get them the heck out of here. Because that, that'll be all she wrote for this core. And then just ha kick it until Spencer Knight comes in and see what happens. Um, and, and hope you get some trade, you know, you get some good young prospects and all that. But, you know, if they can get a new general manager in and get a new defensive core, I mean, that's maybe the one reason you can say they didn't do anything on defense. 
uh, is because they didn't do anything long-term on defense. They didn't get a, a defenseman who's going to be here long-term in the Trocek deal because they knew it's going to be a non-talent general manager. Uh, and, mean, and like that, I mean, that is the one. I mean, Dale Talon's. Not I'm really because of that, but I could, but it, it, like all of the tea leaves you read, I'm this re- feels like Dale Talon's quote unquote retiring at the end of the season, especially if they miss the playoffs. It just feels like that's where this is heading. I think you can't. I think the Panthers and the fans, you have to stop looking at artificial goal posts like these many points in a season are getting into the playoffs that's not the goal anymore the goal is to be a competitive hockey club if dale talon can't get this to be a competitive hockey club and competitive doesn't mean banking getting in as the eighth seed in the playoffs which is what they would be with the final division spot getting smoked by tampa and you know, being under both the wild cards teams and points and Here's only getting in because question. Toronto fumbled, fumbled it down the line. Here's yeah. my question to ask to you. And I will ask the Y Hockey listeners, you can at, at Y Hockey, at, at Matt's Musings One, if you have a, a thought on this. What does a hypothetical, you make the playoffs, but you lose in five to Tampa. What does that, like, how do you react to that at the end of the season? The same thing. I think that for me personally, it would be good to see them in the playoffs. It would be good to see them play Tampa, but you're going to see them get exposed. Everyone's going to pick them to win in four or five. This isn't like Columbus last year, even though it was the same goalie. It's a completely different scenario. This is going to be Tampa playing New Jersey a couple years ago where they just steamrolled them. And the Devils went into the tank after that because that was a fluke. You could argue this Panthers team could be a fluke if they make the playoffs. Would my opinion change on the Panthers' organizational outlook if they made the playoffs? No. Because, honestly, they'd make the playoffs because somebody else above them crapped their pants. This would not be the Panthers getting in because they earned it. This is not what that would be. And maybe if they played pre-trade deadline style hockey, then maybe I would have bought it. But they're not because we see what they are at this point. They're 4-8-1. and one. This is not an accident. It's a trend. They've been horrible in the month of February, and there's no way that at this point they're going to get out of that. They're going to end the month of February under 500. So to me... Them making the playoffs is going to be like, all right, well, you made it, but you're still not going to win. And while making the playoffs is nice, this team's in the same spot. I I think Panthers fans now should realistically be thinking, how is this team going to take the next step? Where is the next step coming from? I have no idea where the next step is coming from. And you know what? Nobody in the Panthers organization has an idea either. It's time for them to figure out how they take that next step. And if the next step means... Getting rid of Dale Talon or having him quote unquote retire or be the president or whatever have you, then you have to be bold and you have to make that decision. Because many GMs around the league have been fired for less. And Dale Talon has been around for 10 years and his two playoff appearances. Three in 10 years is still not good enough. Was there a question in there for me somewhere? Maybe there might be. I mean, I. I, (laughs) You started it off with a question to me. My my question was. I mean, listen, I got a ball uh, you just, uh, ran every now and again, right? Don't you? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I can't even get a rant in. It's, it's uh, the whole well, episode. Because I usually let you do the rants. It's, it's my turn to rant. My question is, and it was more a general fan base question is, if they make the playoffs with 94 points, get steamrolled by the Lightning, losing five, is that any different than 92 points and missing the playoffs in terms of the outcome? Not just the outcome, but the outlook for the franchise in the future and my answer 
preseason would have been it was it was something that they needed to do and they did and I'm happy with that but now the way the season has gone and with the Trocheck trade and with the fact that the defense score is still the same complete mishmash of garbage it's been then the answer to that is I really don't think so until they prove that they could be assertive and get the defensemen they need and really address the core issues of this team and multiple off seasons have come and gone and I'm not sure they can do that so my question was does a 94 point they wake it to the playoffs but they get steamrolled by the lightning is that outcome any different than 92 points and missing the playoffs and preseason I would have said yes now I say no that was my question yeah no it's they have a lot of decent pieces they have a lot of promise for the future they have a lot of something they have a good coach the, what needs to change is who's going to put these pieces together because it's now evident that even with the full use of the cap, even with the set, the second winningest coach and the second and like the second highest paid coach, uh, you know, in the NHL, they're even with one of the highest paid goalies and one of the best goalies, you know, the best free agent goalie they could sign. You know, so you might not like that move or whatever, but, you know, they're running out of things to say to to try other than, all right, let's put the guy who makes all these decisions, let's replace him. Because that makes a lot more sense than just trying to nitpick these little things. How about we get the guy who makes all of those decisions? Let's get a, a different decision maker in there. Uh, and, and I want to say this. If people are saying, oh, you have to keep Talon because of Quenville, well, Joel Quenville technically won three Stanley Cups with a GM he fought with all the time and nearly fired him like five times. So you can get somebody else in there to work with Joel Quenville. That would be a desirable job. Whether it's Ron Hextall, whether it's Bill Zito, whether it's Chris Pronger, you know, somebody like that. You could get somebody else in here to work with Joel Quenville. And if you don't want to fire Dale Town, that's fine. You could promote him to president, do what you did before. But it's clear that this that the root of these problems comes back to decisions made by the front office, and they it, at once it was the coach. It's not the coach anymore because you got the best coach in the NHL. All right, then it was the goaltending. Well, the goaltending still stinks this year, and you have all this money invested in the position. I guess it's not the goaltending anymore because maybe it's the team in front of them isn't good enough to overcome those mistakes, overcome those weaknesses. And the guy who puts it together is the last possible place to make the change. Because if you trade Barkoff and Uberdo, your fan base goes away. That That's it. You, you have no choice. You can't. You're in Ottawa territory at that point. So they don't want to do that. So the only other thing you have, from an ownership perspective, is to change the GM. And that is where I think this is heading. And especially if they miss the playoffs. And right now, I going to put on record i think they're missing the playoffs then the gm has to go yeah but unfortunately i'll probably be towns the gm they'll trade matheson for keith in the off season oh, and God. they'll they'll probably eat they'll probably spend a lot of money and uh they'll retain a lot of cap and they'll uh waste a prospect or a high draft pick getting somebody to take straw or yandel um and that's a, that's they'll just they'll gonna just happen. gonna they're it's just gonna, gonna cycle not yandle but i mean it's it's just you know you don't have optimism about where this team is headed because this isn't the 
good form of we don't know what's coming next, like Ottawa, you know, you know there's a lot of good things coming down the pike for them because they have prospects and things that they can do. They have the good kind of flexibility. What the Panthers have right now is the bad kind of flexibility. And the Panthers well, have not had the good kind of flexibility since 2011. I mean, I'm not saying Ottawa's in a better position than us. That's, well, they're that's not, ridiculous. But I'm saying, but... like, the, the kind of flexibility that Ottawa has going forward, or even Montreal has, or some of these teams that, you know, aren't where they want to be. But look at the Flyers. They've got tons of flexibility in the future, and they're still going to make the playoffs. You know, maybe there's less flexibility now for the Islanders, but they can still make the play. Columbus has got more flexibility. You know, all these teams in the West have flexibility. The Panthers have some, but I question what they're going to do with it because we've seen what they're going to do with it. And I don't want to hear excuses from the GM saying, I wish it was busier. Well, then make it busier. Do something. You know, that, it's just a flat-out lie. I mean, they, there was defensemen going for third, fourth, and fifth picks that are NHL-quality defensemen. You could have done something. If you wanted to say, if he, if he wants to say that I wanted to do something, but I just couldn't get it done, it's a lie because he could have done something. He, he just That's just a very lazy way of saying uh, I wasn't allowed to because they're probably replacing me at the end of the year. I wasn't allowed to because we're not allowed to take on that much salary uh, or, you know, I mean, especially future salary. Room, so that that's one thing. But, you know, that's Dale Talon's issue too. What, what, what was this? This was Dale Talon's last kick at the can. This is the last bullet in the chamber to save his job. It's the trade show check to get Huberto and Barkov to step it up and drag this team into the playoffs. To, they gave Q a couple a couple more centers, actual centers that he could use down the stretch to match up, to score some goals, to create plays, to drive play through the center of the ice and not through the perimeter. That's important, but you know he didn't he couldn't do anything with the defense because it's just too bad, and he just ran out of picks or privilege or time or whatever or desire. You know, he could make one move, and that was the move he made. But this was, you know, his last kick at the can, and he's hoping that they luck into the playoffs and win a playoff round, uh, and he keeps his job. Well, I mean, they're you know, that's it. a playoff series. Well, you know, you never you never know what hap- happens. But if, you know, if all he could – if this was all he could do – uh, and if he went to t- if he went to Q and he said, "Listen, I can get Brendan Dillon for a fifth. and Q's like, "I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't really know if I'd play Brendan Dillon over the, this current, you know, Brendan Dillon to me is equal to Josh Brown. Then you know, what are you going? You're not going to trade for the guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like know that's that's no, I, I and I'm not saying those that definitely happened, but I'm saying there's. A lot of things that could happen, but they if they want to actually change the D, it's clear that Town will do everything but change the D. So he has to go if you want to change the D. And if you're, and it's very clear that t- making a move like they did with Trocheck is Talon's last last bullet. That's the last thing he can do. It's to make it's to it's definitely to make Barkov and Huberto step it up and take more control and ownership and accountability of the team and to and to start taking guys on more one on one to start knowing that it's gonna be up to them probably. You know, they have to take this team further because there is no help in coming. It's just on them. And and, and listen, 
I was never of the mind that you should blame Barkoff and Huberto for this because it really isn't their fault, but I don't mind giving them a kick up the pants either. You know, that, that's fine. I have no issue with that. And I don't but think he's either. What the issue is, it wasn't accompanied by, here's, here's some defensive help. It's, yeah. it's hard to get the fans to buy in down the stretch. It's hard to get the team probably to buy in down the stretch when you don't get any defensive help. Uh, you know, unless Ethan Prowl or Brady Keeper or Emil Juice or one of these guys, Prisky, is coming up and they think he's going to actually be able to play and make a difference at the NHL level and Q's on board with it, they're, they're, they're really hoping on you know, the the kick in the pants and rolling the dice on luck and puck bounces down the stretch. And I just that... None this month. None. Right. And so, but either way, they're just... It's, a, it's an easy reset. I mean, if you look at what they did, if Talon moves out and they come in with a Zito or a Hextall... This is about as clean as you can give this salary cap to them. They can re-sign Hoffman if they want to. They can re-sign Dadnov if they want to. If not, they can just, you know, Hextall or Zito or, or the type of, you know, or a new GM can flip them for like a third or whatever, you know, and it's not going to be a total loss, especially with what you paid for Hoffman and, you know, you didn't pay anything for Dadnov. Mm -hmm. uh, so th it's basically just getting it to a default space for next year you have walmart who is got is probably going to stay no matter how poorly he plays if he plays poorly i'm not saying he is but he's gonna stay uh hollow if he's good and wants to take his x amount of dollars he'll probably stay if not they'll let him walk um or if you know you know that's gonna happen. Yeah, but you're you're allowing the new GM to make that trade. You're allowing the new GM to make that Yandel trade, and you're allowed you're allowing the other GM to set up where he's gonna eat money, where he's not gonna eat money, how he wants to use the picks, how he wants to use the prospects, all that. And you're hoping that, you know, it's a shame that Sorrell is probably out a couple of weeks with a concussion. He was on the ice today at practice. I will mention that. So it Oof. is a possibility. That I mean, you know what you I know what you think about the Panthers rushing back. Uh, injury, but at least sit out a game. You know, just at least sit out a game. It, we'll see. I mean, and and you know what, he's played pretty well since he got called up. So I he I has credit for that. And and Walmart's probably better. I mean, because if you t if you take it this way, Walmart was above Sorella on Carolina's depth chart, uh, and that's you know after seeing him at the NHL level and having him in the system for a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh you know so you're if Sorrell is playing this well now i would say it's probably walmart who would jump up to be the 2c if hall moves to the wing because hall could move to the wing and play with barkov uh, especially could, especially if you're dropping huberto down um, or, or we'll see what the, i'm really interested to see what the line combinations look like yeah i don't even want to guess i don't want to have expectations i mean like again if we look at this in a vacuum uh the issue I have with this is, is they didn't bring in an extra NHL defenseman. They didn't make any change to the NHL defenseman. I don't have a problem with the fact that they traded Trocheck. I don't have a problem with the fact that they traded Trocheck for Halla and Walmark and these prospects. I mean, Prisky, I would have loved Jake Bean instead, even if it meant we weren't going to get this other center. But this other Finnish center is probably is better thought of than Prisky, and uh, we still need center depth in their 
program, mm -hmm. and he's better than I think he's probably going to be better than Hutzko, most um, likely. I would think so. Yeah. So, I would think so as well. You know, there's there's reasons to see the good in this, and I I know there's a lot of people who are going to want reasons to latch on, and you know, be positive. Obviously, and I think we started off by saying like you can buy the shake up the room aspect of this trade. You can for sure. buy the, you know, Walmart is a very intriguing, versatile forward. Halla is too. There's a there's an element of their game that Joel Quenville's going to really like. You can buy some of these things, yes, but there are other questions that come into play that leave you wanting more. And I still think that's fair to say. And I think Panthers fans are getting angrier and angrier because they deserve something. You know, we talk about Edmonton fans deserving something or Buffalo fans deserving something. Panthers fans deserve something, too. Like, again, we they have to wait one more year. Florida year, fans have to one wait more one more year. Always one I more mean, year. because th now what are they doing? They're going to have to play Matheson at least 15 to 18 minutes a night um, to get his trade value up. They're just yep. going to have to. I mean... If if not, I mean, obviously they're going to shorten the bench in, in close games and everything towards the end and stuff, but they're going to have to try to get him going on defense. I mean, that that's another reason why they probably didn't make a move for a defender because if they are resetting and if they maybe they don't have to clear $10 million in cap space like Chris Johnson reported, maybe it's just they have to clear you know a decent amount so they can reshuffle so they can eat some of the Andals. Caps, cap, because maybe... Because maybe maybe in these conversation for defensemen, I mean, if we talk about this, let's be let's really three D chess this out. Because if we're gonna have any faith in this franchise right now, we gotta hope beyond hope that they have an idea of what they're doing. So there's some chessboard, there's some roadmap, there's something on the table they're staring at. So let's pretend it's in talking to Carolina today, they realized, hey. They're going to be moving a D this offseason because they just took Brady Shea's contract on because they just got Sammy Votnin and they plan on re they they might resign him or they might not resign him and they might be willing to move they might have already told Florida that they would move his rights to Florida and Votnin's coming next year uh, and you know who knows maybe they think that there's going to be better D offered in the summer um, and. Since they and they don't think that a new D will necessarily improve their odds that much or improve the team that much, and they might be right because they might need more than one. They might say what we've been saying: they need three or four to really make a dent with how bad they're all playing and and with moving guys out. I, I will say this about the defenseman move, and and let me say this: it is clear to me that even if they added Votnin, the Panthers still would be a team that gets killed by the Lightning in a playoff series. That's Obvious, yes. I, 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 mean, I still don't. Gonna, I, if, you, if you added Votnin, would you pick the Panthers in a playoff series over the Lightning if they picked Votnin? I wouldn't. Would you? I, it, I don't know how I feel about them in a playoff matchup until I really see who's going to be the two C. But yeah. I think it depends on the Bobrovsky they're going to get. I don't want to say that they're going to get crushed yet until I know whether Bob's going to be on or off mm. by the end of the year. If, cause if, if they're getting into the playoffs, you're thinking that's cause Bob came back and is on. So then, you know, 
a seven, something can happen in a seven game series, especially if Q works his m- matchups. If I mean, we've been talking about maybe Q is has not been the best with matchups all the time or or changing the lineup all the times when there's yes in some places he has been, but you know if he can, he's very good in the playoffs. So if that ha- happens, they could surprise Tampa. I mean, it's not something with the short travel with. Uh, maybe the interest that brings out of the locals, the casuals who maybe wouldn't go, but it's Tampa Mm. and their friends from Tampa are coming in or, you know, their friends that like Tampa are going to the game or, you know, whatever. Um, uh, The, the problem is as much as I'm dismayed that they, that talent is officially off my good list officially off the you know he's on the needs to go list i'm sitting here in a barkov old school old logo jersey right now because i still believe i still think this team can can do something but they really there has to be a plan and i'm hoping it's that there's a defenseman that they know is going to be out there in the summer they 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 know that they can move matheson they can move out from yando they can do all this but they keep asking me to wait another year. They keep asking me to put more faith in them without seeing anything. At least now I know that they understood that there's a center issue and they fixed it with the type of centers I wanted them to fix it with. I mean, I like Sorella, I like Walmart, I like Halla. I, you know, I like this. I let me let me read his name so I don't butcher it. A two Losterinen. A two Losterinen. I mean, I I've the pronunciation guides, everybody. He's he's he's, you know, one of those, you know, a lot of these guys were second, third and fourth round picks. The Europeans that I always say Florida should get at those rounds, you know, just like the Dennis Malgans and the, you know, you know, Cal- Carolina trade another one. You uh, uh, Yanni uh, Kowakinen. Yeah. So I did that one better than I did. Ooh, yeah. Uh, just that I, I really butchered that one. Good for you. Um. So it's – I like that, but is that enough? Is that enough to warrant keeping Barkov and Huberto and not trading them when you can get a great package for them? I mean, I, I don't want to say it, but, you know, if the, they bring in a new GM and the new GM assesses that, you know, that has to happen, that has to happen. But it would be different with a new GM with a new perspective. I would – be able to buy it more but we have to wait and see Uh, let's get at some other trade deadline things just so we don't run on in circles for about a thousand hours because we have made our point very clear on what is going on with this team can we talk about just the fact that the Leafs lost to their own Zamboni driver no you know what was hilarious about it I don't want to I don't want to make fun of this guy but yeah getting 10 shots uh, on net in half a game that's that's embarrassing that's and that's why Florida's in the playoff race. That's the only reason Florida's in the playoff race. And if not. and if not, th- and that's why not trading Hoffman is such a bummer because Hoffman w- would have got you a first and probably a good defensive prospect. Maybe a guy that's 20 years old and playing in junior or college or something that is a B plus or an A minus, you know, level prospect instead of the C plus B minus level mid 20 AHL guys they were getting. Mm-hmm. I and they would have got an extra first on it too, who could have been a defenseman they drafted that, you know, in one or two years could have also helped. 
and they traded for using those picks. Right, exactly. And that's that's a shame because it's they have they have to beat out Toronto the rest of this year. That's it. That's the game without yeah, losing ground. The other two without uh, losing ground to Montreal, Buffalo. I mean, I don't think they're gonna lose ground to Buffalo, but. Montreal. Montreal, I mean, they've traded away all of their depth players for the 15 third-round picks that they have. Mark Bergevin is the king of getting good depth players and good mid-round draft picks, but he can't get anything else other than that. So congratulations to Mark Bergevin for doing things of this nature. I don't think they're going to have issues with that. But again, like tomorrow, as we record this, and this is going to be uploaded right after we're done recording it, the Leafs play the Lightning, the Panthers play an equally desperate Arizona team. Are the Panthers going to be able to get to where they need to be before they play their most important game in multiple years when they come home to play the Leafs? You know, they've beaten them two times already, and the Leafs decided not to show up in either of them. The Leafs are going to have a kick up their rear end, you'd think, for this game. If the Panthers lose that game, it's, it's over. It's done, pretty much. But if they win, then they've got a chance with a five-game homestand. But, you know, they're in it not because of their own doing. Uh, by the way... The Toronto, uh, the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Montreal Canadiens have three second-round picks, two third-round picks, three fourth-round picks, two five-round picks, and two seventh-round picks next year. Love, gotta love what Bergevin does. Just He just does it every single year. It's, it's just beautifully ridiculous what he does every year. Um, I want to mention a couple of other trades I think that were intriguing to me. Um, if there's any that you would like to talk about, we've already talked about Votnin. I'm surprised that they traded for Shea the Hurricanes, I'm really surprised by that. Because, like, it, it does mean that next year you have to get rid of a defenseman. They do not have the ability to carry all of them uh, next year uh, because once they get the return of, um, of Pesci and, and Hamilton, like, where are the rest of the defensemen going to go? That's an interesting question I have. But, you know, I like the look of that team. Um, you know, the – the, the Sharks trading Barkley Goodrow to the Lightning, who gave up a first-round pick for another grinder kind of guy, shows me that they're kind of afraid of the Bruins, which is fair. The Bruins traded for Kasha. They traded uh, for Nick Ritchie, which is a very Bruins move. Uh, was any move that stood out to you? The move that didn't happen, the Parisi-Andrew oh, Ladd swap. that real fun, but it didn't happen. It's a shame. I wish it did. I would have really liked that uh, from an Islanders perspective. I mean, obviously, there's good and bad of Lou, but this, and and this could have been, a, you know, a mixed bag. I mean, you're you're just hoping that he was going to retire in like two years and stick oh, yeah. Minnesota well, also, with that recapture penalty. But well, there's also the Andrew Ladd aspect of that trade. It was just just really, con- but they traded for Pajot, which was I think a good move, and and that contract is a is a, a sneaky good little contract. Uh, you just hope you're not paying based on one year but that's not a bad that's not a bad deal for the islanders now the question that i have is like right now everybody in the east is looking up at washington tampa toronto boston where it looks like this is all headed did any of these moves make carolina islanders teams of this nature better than those and the answer that's probably not i it keeps them in the conversation i think it um there are moves that fit in the play style of the teams that are acquiring these players. And that's going to make it a, you know, that's going to make 
Peugeot's extension worthwhile. That's going to make uh, Peugeot finishing out the year there worthwhile because he's going to be able to fit in and slot in a little faster because I think he fits what Trost wants to do and how he wants to play. Um, he might not put up the points, but I think he's going to uh, be more than acceptable and, and I think going to make sure that the Islanders um, sell tickets throughout the final year, uh, throughout the final games of the year. Carolina, I think, actually probably gets into a spot. Oh, Carolina's in. I just you know? don't know where they're going to – like, because if you fall into, let's say, first wild card, you play Pittsburgh or Washington. Now, they already beat Washington once before, but the Capitals getting Kovalchuk is a good little move, and, you know, the things that they have done, obviously you have to like where they are. The Penguins, I mean, they traded for, you know, four forwards. They have – a, just a ton of depth, and if their if their blue line gets healthy, I mean, you you potentially in the playoffs had Gensel to that mix, and then you bring back Dumoulin. I mean, the Penguins are good. The Penguins are really good. Zucker's worked out really well for them. You know, you add known quantities. That that's the the, the thing that I I see with this with this worry is it's like what are you you're making these moves and i like the boldness of making these moves knowing how important the playoffs are in the island and in carolina but i, I as i said like are they better than these other teams in as you said in a seven game series you never know things can happen but on paper i don't think they're any better it's just that these moves are, are fascinating from that regard so i i like that um i think there's some interesting things what do you think about Leonard going to the to the golden knights Vegas making a couple of interesting moves. The the most interesting part about that, um, and it's been reported kind of now that uh, the trades are done, is Toronto's actually getting a fifth-round pick in that because they're eating some of that salary of Laner. Toronto is? Yeah. Really, eh? So, I mean, they're trading him to the Leafs, who are them trading him to the Golden Knights. Uh, looks like it. That's an – oh, Wow. But they don't have it's a twenty. It's deal. a twenty twenty fifth round pick in a three team trade with the Knights and Blackhawks. Toronto just tweeted it out seven minutes ago. Hmm, that's a that's a hell of a trade. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I guess when you yell, do something. Yeah, they, your, I mean, they did, yeah, did, they did something. something. Yeah, they did something for eating the salary, which is just weird. Um, yeah. but I mean, they got a a, a, a draft pick i mean that's creative i mean like you know the leafs you know where the panthers trade for really bad ahl forwards the leafs are trading for a lot of intriguing ahl forwards every single day it seems like so odd um i like i mean the blackhawks good on you admitting that you weren't good enough to make the playoffs this year that's the correct move um you know so there's that 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 is such a bizarro trade but right now the West is wide open, but you would have a hard time convincing me that the favorite isn't still Vegas. Because you saw the way right. that I know they gave up a ton of good chances to the Panthers, but you watched them play. And this was, you know, not knowing what moves are coming down the pike. Whew. That, that team under DeBoer is playing a really physical grinding style, but they still possess the puck. They still use their speed well. They're, they're the favorites for me in the West. Well, they went with a change change in the locker room, but they couldn't. They didn't want to change their players because they really like their team, so they changed the coach. And the coach is basically tr- not changing any of their systems or anything because he's smart enough to know that it kind of worked for them. He's just kind of 
tweaking some things, but more just lighting a fire under their butt to to get going again. And they are. They have been so far. And this Lanner trade's good for them because if Flurry goes back to the bad vintage Flurry instead of the good vintage Flurry that he's been, uh, you know, it's they're going to need somebody of Lanner's quality. He's going to be a UFA. They can re-sign him or not. Um, and, I mean, they get to move out Malcolm Subban, which is nice for Malcolm Subban because uh, he he has been good enough uh, at at a lot of times and stretches when they've needed a goalie to allow the you know in the first year for the night myth to get going and you know even this year uh, he kept them afloat when they needed to fire their coach you know he was still playing well enough to keep them three points out of the division lead at that point so, uh, so you know I, I, good 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 trade all around I, I mean this was in a a pretty solid trade deadline I didn't think there was any real head scratchers besides. Um, I mean, you the, could you could what didn't happen makes sense for for the for the for the Panthers. Like, I think the only thing that didn't happen that I guess you could have expected to happen was Tyson Berry moving. But I mean, at this point, like where where was I? Don't think that Vancouver. Du- I don't think Dubis had a replacement that he felt comfortable with, and so he wasn't going to move out Barry. And I mean, like. I mean, we talked about it before. It's the same problem the Panthers face. It's the same, You have the same kind of defenseman. You just have the same kind of defenseman. Everywhere your defense looks the same. You They play the same way. They attack the game the same way. And that is why they are not winning. Because every of these good teams, you have great puck-moving defensemen. You have great skill. But the Lightning have different kinds of defensemen. The Bruins have different kinds of defensemen. And we've talked about this before. I love the skill. I love their offensive game. I love Morgan Riley. I think Jake Muzzin's a great defenseman. I like Dermott. I think Sandine's going to be a really good player. You know, but you need another kind of defenseman in there. They don't have to be old statues. You know what I mean? They can be Jonas Brodeen. They can be Brett Pesci. They're hard to find, but you need to find them. And if any organization could find them, it's the Leafs. But they haven't done that. So, I mean... If they if they make the playoffs, they're going to get steamrolled by the Lightning too. So it's not really much of a difference. But that's I, I think in terms of other trades, it's been a lot of depth guys. Uh, nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, we talked about the Flyers just adding some depth, not giving up anything major for that, which was very wise. Um, I don't think they're going to win a playoff series either. But you know what? To get Grant and to get um, Thompson, just some good guys who could even if at worst show the young guys what it's like to play in the playoffs and show what it takes to win in the playoffs, they're going to be fine. I mean, I have to say the Flyers have really impressed me over the last little while. They were waffling for a bit, but they're, they figured it out and they're playing pretty good hockey right now. And if you're a Flyers fan and I know you still are and I'm not, but I've watched them play and you got to think, you know what? Even if they don't make a, a, a win a playoff series this year, you got to like the way the arrow is pointing for this team because they still have prospects and they still got all of their powder dry for the future. And that's exactly what they needed to do. And you know what? I was cynical of the Chuck Fletcher hire. I really was. But you know what? It's worked out pretty well for them. It has. He hasn't been as... Um... He hasn't kept up the same speed he came in uh, with that July 1st he had uh, with the Kevin Hayes and 
um, you know, bringing in the coaching staff and all that. Obviously, he's settled down, and now he's just bringing in, you know, Derek Grant and Nate, Nate Thompson, Thompson and, you know. But for the Flyers' position, that's exactly the kind of players that they should be bringing in. I right, think. because what the team needs is to get healthy. The team needs to get older. Uh, and that's going to come. Um, you know what ha- You know what they could have done at the trade deadline was probably move Ghost for a different piece, um, but there wasn't really a player out there that they really wanted. They, I, I bet you they probably were in on Pajel, and uh, they couldn't get I that done. That they were in on Jeff Carter too, which would have that, been a real interesting move. That wouldn't have surprised me, but you know injuries played into that. Injuries played into. Um, you know, I think a lot of decisions, um, you know, would they have even needed to do anything, uh, at all if they just weren't so worried about having enough bodies at forward, given everything that's happened this year. Um, but I mean, they've, they've re they've, they've put in, you know, we've seen good from Farabee and Frost and some of these guys and. You know that that that's helped, but you know you even again at the worst, all you have to do is have those young guys have even if they don't play Frost and Farabee and Bunneman and players like that. You see what it's like to play in playoff games, and and Grant and Thompson will show you the way. They cost nothing to acquire, they cost nothing to keep. You don't have to keep them, but it means that the team moves forward. And as I said, the Flyers, if they play Pittsburgh or Washington, they're not going to beat them in my view. But they're going to give him a run for their money because Carter Hart could get hot. And I love that. And that blue line, even without Goss Despair, has been playing pretty well this year. So the, the steps that they've taken forward, I think, are pretty are, – you have to be optimistic if you're a Flyers fan. You might not be thinking, oh, they're going to win the Cup, but the optimism of the future is it looks like what they're doing. Like, you know what? If the Panthers hired Ron Hextall, they could be in the same position, you know? the little tweaks here and there to build on the foundation that was already established. And then it is that next step that is taken. That is why if the, if the Panthers are going to make a GM change, that's the kind of move that you want them to make. Even if it's somebody like Bill Zito who deserves a chance or Ron Hextall who deserves another chance, you know, that's the kind of thing we're talking about and makes sense. So is there anything else from the trade deadline you want to talk about? I want to mention one thing that you'll find, uh, actually you won't find this funny. Uh, you will be very annoyed by this, but I was listening to the 31 Thoughts interview, Tommy, with Keith Yandel. Oh, boy. Don't listen to this. You'll get very angry. Um, he talked about what happened when his rights were traded to Florida. And our friend Eric Joyce, in the middle of these negotiations, as Keith Yandel said on the show, it's a very Massachusetts thing. they got to put labels on your trash cans. I don't exactly know uh-huh. the context of it because I never lived in Massachusetts. She lived in New England for a while, so maybe you know what I'm talking about. Did they do this in New Hampshire and Vermont where you still, where you may or may not still live? Uh, no, they didn't, but uh, I've seen you know labels on trash you cans. Seen that? You seen that in yeah. Massachusetts when you were around there? Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah. when Eric Joyce said to Keith Yano when they were signing him to the now infamous contract, uh, you don't have to put labels on your trash down here, which – I thought was going to be a story you were going to uh, not particularly be fond of. By the way, his Massachusetts accent comes out a lot well, than I thought it was going to. You know, the problem is Yandel is the trash can and the labels are the jersey, so. Oh, well. 
Well, his defense is the trash can. Let's, ah, let's say that. Uh, I, I guess you are correct. Uh, is there any other move that was made that you want to talk about? Not really. Uh, I got, you know, perspective Florida lines, if you want to hear them. Huberto, Barkov, Dadnoff, Hoffman, Hola, Sorella, Connolly, Walmart, Vetrano, Toninato, I guess, Achari, Sevier. Yeah, that, that, you know what? I wouldn't mind it. I just want to see them play. I would you like got, them to play. You got Uyghur, Ekblad, Stillman, Strawman, Yandel, Matheson. That's definitely going to be the pairings to go with. And Brown and Pesek are scratches. I mean, again, again, I'd like I I want to see it in action before I I judge, but I don't think that there's a lot wrong with those. I think I think you got to get uh you got to put Brown through waivers, and you got to get Borgstrom up, and you got to have Tornado Pesek be your extras, and you got to get Borgstrom. Uh, oh yeah. Borgstrom into that third line with Walmark or Sorello or or you know somebody. Um, well, we know what top power play unit looks like. Who replaces Trocheck on the second power play? Um, Walmart, I guess. Maybe Sorella. Yeah, he's already playing some power play at that. Sorella's point. got the shot. I mean, I think he's... you could see Ekblad, Matheson, and then Sorella, Connolly, and Vitrano, something like that. That's what I think you could see. Yeah. Another defenseman on the move, uh, late trickler deal. Ducks get defenseman Joel Person from Edmonton for a 2022 conditional seventh round pick, my friend. Oh my God! If, Look at all if, these defensemen that moved. You know the Ducks traded for Christian Juice as well. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Capitals yeah, legend. Yeah, for uh, Daniel Sprong. For Daniel Sprong, yeah. They, the, yeah, Pearson's a 25 year old. He's an AHL. He's a mid twenty old AHL defenseman, and the Panthers didn't get. Him. I know. This is this is ridiculous. I'm sorry. This is fake news. He's ah. definitely going to be like optioned to Springfield somehow. Or well, we maybe the return of Colton Saucerman is preventing that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh God. I, I it's just it's amazing how all, all these depth defensemen you never heard of are being traded. I mean, the the Ducks have acquired a lot of bizarro Swedish defensemen recently. You know, they also traded Corbini and Holzer today. Oh God! I know, I know. It's waivers tomorrow might be interesting. I'd keep oh, a lookout. Well, the waivers um, today were interesting. I, I was thinking that I mean, there was no chance he was going to get him, but Timoshov was claimed. Uh, that's you know, you know, that's who you should have been getting instead of Marshman. Oh no, the Leafs, the Leafs retained half of the salary no 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 okay here's how it, oh my god this this weird ass signing the this leafs trade is just it's just my mind bends on how this is possible so they traded for Leonard and they retained half and then the then they retain i i have to see how the salary cap works on this how does it how do you retain the salary that the leafs did to get to, I don't even know because it's I, I, it's because salary was run off by days, and since you're only get you're only oh, paying for the little yes. bit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Season. It, it, it makes sense. But yeah, the end of the story is Toronto moves a contract to make it look like they didn't buy salary cap space, but they basically sold salary cap space to Chicago for a draft for, pick. For yeah, and since it's so small, they only got a fifth rounder. Uh, from from the Golden Knights. But apparently, you could have got Joel Person for less. So I don't know. I Joel Person in in this hell? economy. In this economy, what about a Joel Person economy? Good lord, that's why I was I telling mean, you. 
before we started recording, I we knew got, there were we, trades that were still going to come down the pike. We got Emil Juice. You know, there's Christian Juice that's getting tra- uh, traded. You know, it's it's amazing. You want to know what the funniest story? One of the funniest stories I've ever. I will tell this on this show, and this will be the end of this ridiculous. Uh, podcast, which was a lot of fun. I think we did do good analysis on the Trotrek trade from the angles that I know most Panthers fans want to hear from. I want to tell this funny story. When I was in Spain, it was 10 years ago, I was going to become a junior in high school, and we were studying in Spain, and we were going out to lunch at a Chinese restaurant in Barcelona, and we were reading uh, the menu, and one of the items on the menu was chicken with black bean sauce. You'll wait till you hear the, the punchline for this. So the translated version of that from Spanish to uh, English was chicken with sauce of black Jews. There you go. Because black Jews is another way of saying black beans. And when we saw it, and these are a lot of people from like New York and a lot of us were Jewish, we lost our collective you-know-what. It is one of the funniest sure things did. I've ever seen, and it made it, I will remember it for the rest of my life. It has always stuck with me, and so there you go, Christian juice, Christian black bean. How do you like that? I mean, I just this this team is making it so hard to follow them. You and have not, no idea. Like I'm I, trying to drink less, you know. I'm trying to. Me, would it surprise you if I told you I am stone sober? Oh man, you shouldn't be. Well, I have an addictive personality, and not only do I follow the Florida Panthers, I follow Maryland Terrapins, I follow Jose Mourinho's Tottenham Hotspur, I follow the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are playing two games in London in a run by idiots, uh, and then I have no job, so uh, now I can't drink. <laughs> I, I guess the last thing we can mention is the Rangers didn't trade Chris Kreider. They signed him to a seven-year deal. It costs less than I thought. Don't mind that deal for the Rangers. Um, same about Shesterkin and Busnevich, because Shesterkin's playing really well right now. It just feels like, did you need to make the Trocek? I mean, other than changing the room and hoping it pushes you into the playoffs by making guys show up, it's like if you weren't going to move Hoffman, if you weren't going to get a defenseman. I My thing about Hoffman, and it's it, this will truly be the last thing we say. They're going to resign him. They're going to resign him. I, no, I don't think so. I think that they legitimately didn't get the offer they wanted. How do you I think they, uh, the offer? I don't you, think they got a good offer for him. I don't. Uh, I do not think a first round pick was on the table for Mike Hoffman. I really don't. Did you Did That's you see the, the forwards that got first round picks? Mike Hoffman is better how than those forwards. operate. I'm just guessing. I I'm I'm going to say that that just is too unlikely to be the case for me to give talent a pass for that. Oh, I think I think it's because that, but, Q yeah. Q likes Hoffman. And they wanted the new GM to have the ability to to resign him or not, and I think that's 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 the way to, that you hope it's it is, because you know if they're gonna do the same thing with their general manager position that they've done with the defensive position, which right. is I eat nothing and Talon just keeps riding this out, um, you know you're gonna need one of these, you know you're gonna need Carter Berger to suddenly turn into a sick defenseman you're gonna need you know brady keeper to step it up you're gonna need thomas Shemtich. yeah you're gonna need something something Chase that Frisky, hometown kids saving the florida pan i can't even finish that sentence yeah you're gonna need college chanak to, to jump in next year you're gonna need santa santu kanunin to be like off the charts good uh out of 
out of the thin air. Um, you know, you're gonna need you're gonna need something. Um, uh, magic. Uh, uh, we will be returning with podcasts in the future, probably mourning the death of the Florida Panthers as we know them. Uh, until then, uh, good night and good hockey. I guess. I guess. Watch McMillions. It's a great documentary. How about that? Watch other hockey teams.